0: Hey, welcome everyone back to Chew the Bible, it's your good friend A.A. Ron, hope y'all had an amazing day, we are in 2nd Chronicles chapter 28, we'll be reading out of the New Living Translation as always, man, I before we get into the word though, just uh, pray for a brother, it's gonna be uh, a week, a week? A week without a car my car is in the shop i've said this before but just in case we have some brand new listeners yeah i was in the parking lot of a grocery store and i pulled out in the middle of the lane and or backed out of them into the middle of the lane and then this guy got the same idea to back out just as i did and he went boom right into the, my front passenger door so yeah, the passenger door. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I have to get a whole new door and I have to paint the front and back fenders. And So anyway, yeah. Thank God the guy had insurance to take care of it. It was wild as he was in like a brand new vehicle. Like, yeah, his car was like brand new. So, but he had like hardly any damage, just like a scuff on his car. So, anyway, getting that taken care of so that, and I'm not gonna get a rental car, so I'll just use my pops' ride if I need to go anywhere. So, I like, go to church, or whatever. So, yeah, a little to say, all this, all to say, this week I will be doing a lot of writing and uh, podcasting and finally getting this website up getting some merch up yeah i need to really yeah. i just need to write a whole to-do list on my whiteboard that way i just knock stuff out like everything i want to get done and like breaking into what the whole abc categories i used to do where a is like this needs to get done b is like oh if it gets done great if not you know Get it done within the next three months or so and see is like these are awesome things that i would love to do in the future but yeah once again if they didn't get done until like the end of the year or next year right life is still gone so yeah i need to do that tomorrow but tomorrow I'll, just, I'll probably won't even do abc i'll just do um a whole list of to-dos like a whole checkbox. i work i work well with just having to do lists and check boxes so but i do need to do that abc thing as well soon put that on the whiteboard as well anyway it makes sense in my head ti may not so all right uh second second chronicles 27 we were talking about jonathan he was the last king discussed he was only 25 years old when he became king, and uh he did what was pleasing in the lord's sight but the other people, the other Israelites, uh, they continued in their corrupt ways and rebellion so all right now and he was able to be buried in the city of David, so that's a good sign because not all the kings were able to do that. It's like a sign a uh, sign of honor being buried in the city of David. All right, so Second Chronicles 28, Ahaz rules in Judah. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. He did not do what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. <sighs> Come on, Ahaz. All right, as his ancestor David had done. Instead, he followed the example of the kings of Israel. He cast metal images for the worship of Baal. He offered sacrifices in the valley of Ben-Hinnom even sacrificing his own sons in the fire. Woo. sacrifice his own sons. In this way, he followed the detestable practices of the pagan nations the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. He offered sacrifices and burned incense at the pagan shrines and on the hills and under every green tree. Because of all this, all this, the Lord... The Lord, his God, allowed the king of Aram to defeat Ahaz and to exile large numbers of his people to Damascus. The armies of the king of Israel also defeated Ahaz and afflicted many casualties on his army. Y'all just make a mental note of Damascus because that's going to come up later in the New Testament when we talk about Paul. <laughs> My pastor brought up a, he made a a cool little point the other day at the uh pastor's prayer meeting that they have where our pastors and elders they get on this uh call online call and they share it uh, on facebook or whatever and uh he was like yeah when we're on the road to damascus god is demasking us never thought of that yeah play on words demask demasking us i'm gonna use that one steal it so these folks they were on there. Yeah. They got exiled to Damascus. Uh, but, yeah, they weren't demasked. They stayed in their mask. <laughs> and they were uh, tripping. They didn't have a Paul conversion moment. Apostle Paul... When you got blinded I, I look, I'm look. i looking so forward to getting to the New Testament Alright, verse 6 In a single day, Pekah, or Pekah son of Remaliah Israel's king killed 120,000 of Judah's troops All of them experienced warriors Because they had abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors Thank God we live under the age of grace Because I should have been dead a long time ago then Zikri, a warrior from Ephraim, killed Masaiah, the king's son, Azrakam, the king's palace commander, and Elkanah, the king's second in command. The armies of Israel captured 200,000 women and children from Judah and seized tremendous amounts of plunder, which they took back to Samaria. Interesting. Y'all remember, Judah and Israel are still divided at this time. So it's my brain. is it's, I'm struggling a little bit to keep all this in order, like what's actually going on here and remembering that Israel isn't just one nation. It's a divided nation. They have their civil civil war right now. Anyway, verse nine. but a prophet of the Lord named Obed was there in Samaria when the army of Israel returned home. He went out to meet them and said, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, was angry with Judah and let you defeat them. But you have gone too far, killing them without mercy, and all heaven is disturbed. All heaven is disturbed. (laughs) Can you imagine? What does that look like? All of heaven is watching. And it's not just, not just God, not Jesus, not just the Holy Spirit sitting up there watching all this, but the entire, all the angels and whoever else is up there is disturbed. What does that look like? Verse 10, and now you are planning to make slaves of these people from Judah and Jerusalem. What about your own sins against the Lord your God? Listen to me and return these prisoners you have taken, for they are your own relatives. Watch out, because now the Lord's fierce anger has been turned against you. I just keep thinking in my head. I just keep thinking of the Civil War that was here in North America, the United States. Just how, yeah, there was brother in the North and the South. You have brothers on each side killing each other. hundred, yeah, what, 300,000 people died in the Civil War? I can't remember. There's a lot. A lot of people died. And it's like the biggest number of casualties on american soil in history then some of the leaders are should say north american soil because if you say that people in south america and brazil and places like that get all like we're we're america too the canadians like we're america too i'll say let me shut this door (laughs) <laughs> and then some of the leaders of Israel, Azariah, son of Jehonanan, Jehonanan, Jehohanan, there you go, Barakiah, son of Mishelamoth, Jehizkiah, son of Shalem, and Amasa, Amasa, son of, ooh, these names, had lied, agreed with with this, and confronted the men returning from battle. You must not bring the prisoners here, they declared. We cannot afford to add to our sins and guilt. Our guilt is already great, and the Lord's fierce anger is already turned against Israel. So the warriors released the prisoners and handed over the plunder in the sight of the leaders and all the people. Then the four men just mentioned by name came forward and distributed clothes from the plunder to the prisoners who were naked. They provided clothing and sandals to wear, gave them enough food and drink, and dressed their wounds with olive oil. They put those who were weak on donkeys and took all the prisoners back to their own people in Jericho, the city of Palms. Then they returned to Samaria. Now, as I'm reading that, my brain is just going ding, 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 Like, this is just a foreshadowing to Jesus in Palm Sunday. And, yeah, Jesus setting the captives free. Ah, uh, yeah, once again, I look forward to getting to the New Testament. This is just a foreshadow to all that. but And I could really geek out here. Just go. i Dare, double dog, dare anyone listening to go to Google and just type in Second Chronicles 28, verse 15, foreshadowing to Jesus and him going down to Hades and taking the keys um, to Hades and releasing and setting the captives free. The theology behind all that, I still don't fully understand it. like blows my mind. I don't understand it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can geek out on that for days. Um, but yeah, I double dog get. I, I need to do this eventually. I really just need to go back to. I had like a little note going on. Every little thing that I planned on researching later on, I had a note on it. But hey, we'll just what we'll do is we'll, that's going to be part of ChewTheBible.com dot com. That's going to be my opportunity to like really geek out on this stuff and do blog posts and write poetic reflections and so stay tuned on that. All right, Ahaz closed, closes the temple. On that time, At that time, King Ahaz of Judah asked the king of Assyria for help. The armies of Edom had again invaded Judah and taken captives. Remember, the, Edom, the Edomites, the Reds, the Esauites, the descendants of Esau. And the Philistines had raided towns located in the foothills of Judah and in the Negev of Judah. And it's isn't amazing. Just like this shows you just the consequences of our of our choices. And yeah, Jacob and Esau. And Esau had his birthright stolen, and basically, his descendants are a thorn in the side of Israel. You know, Jacob's other name, or is that right? Yeah, Jacob's other name that got changed his name got changed to israel and here all the descendants of Esau are yeah are, th- are thorns in jacob's side or israel's side his descendants all these years later anyway once again that's something else you can geek out on all you bible scholars all right verse 18 remember e 17 again the armies of edom had invaded or the reds edomites again invaded judah and taken captives and the philistines had raided towns located in the foothills of judah and in the negev of judah they had already captured and occupied beth shemesh agilon getteroth soko with its villages Timnah with its villages and gimzo with its villages the lord was humbling judah because of King ahaz of judah For he had encouraged his people to sin and had been utterly unfaithful to the Lord. Mm. Man, something else to be humbled by the Lord. He can humble you real quick. So you can either humble yourself or let the Lord humble you. Which one? Take your pick. I'd rather humble myself first. (laughs) So when King Tiglath Pilazer of Assyria arrived, he attacked Ahaz instead of helping him. Ahaz took valuable items from the Lord's temple, the royal palace, and from the homes of his officials and gave them to the king of Assyria as tribute, but this did not help him. Even during this time of trouble, King Ahaz continued to reject the Lord. He offered sacrifices to the gods of Damascus who had defeated him, for he said, since these gods helped the kings of Aram, they will help me too sacrifice to them but instead they led to his his ruin and the ruin of all Judah mm. so yeah once again our choices don't just cause consequences just for ourselves; they have negative can have our bad choices can have negative consequences on our children and children's children as well so God grace grace now as I'm reading this too now I'm curious I need to see why paul was on the way to damascus why was he on the road to damascus what was in damascus why was he going there in the first place i can't remember i wish i had once again like a little bible scholar next to me that could like other than google i want to have a quick question like siri why was paul on the way to damascus (laughs) anyway what was what was there in damascus And what kind of town was Damascus by that time, in that time of Paul's day? The Apostle Paul, as you know, because I know he was going around killing Christians before that, before he got struck blind on the way to Damascus. Anyway, mental note. Should I stop and look that up? You know what? I am. We're going to do that. I don't normally do this because it makes the episodes longer or the recordings longer. I on a second. Google why i'm typing with one hand why was paul on the road to damascus the book of acts says that paul was on his way from jerusalem to syrian damascus with a mandate issued by the high priest to seek out and arrest followers of jesus with the intention of returning them to jerusalem as prisoners for questioning and possible execution. So yeah, he was on his way to go capture Christians in Damascus. So I'm curious to know what changed in Damascus all those years later to where it was like a sinful area, and then it changed to be in a, an area where Christians were followers of Christ. This is interesting. These parallels. These Foreshadows. Anyways, keep going. The king took the various articles. How did I not know that? That makes sense. Of course, yeah. He was on his way to go capture Christians there. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause yeah, he wasn't like, yeah, that makes total sense. You ever ask yourself a question you already knew the answer to, but I don't know. Or you're like, aha, I knew that. But it's throwing me off because it's like, why? you know, I'm thinking that Damascus is like a sin was a sinful area based on reading this. So my question now is like, what changed in Damascus all those years later, once again, to where they had Christians and they weren't doing all this uh, demonic activity and worshiping idols? All right. Verse 24. The king took the various articles from the temple of God and broke them into pieces He shut the doors of the Lord's temple so that no one could worship there. And he set up altars to pagan gods in every corner of Jerusalem. He made pagan shrines in all the towns of Judah for offering sacrifices to other gods. In this way, he aroused the anger of the Lord, the God of his ancestors. The rest of the events of Ahaz's reign and everything he did from beginning to end are recorded in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. When Ahaz died, he was buried in Jerusalem, but not in the royal cemetery of the kings of Judah. Then his son, Hezekiah, became the next king. Hey, Hezekiah, Hezekiah, not Hezekiah Walker. (laughs) That was good. Well, not so good. I just enjoy reading this stuff. Even though a lot of this stuff in the first Chronicles, second Chronicles is Chronicles in the First Kings, Second Kings. It's pretty tragic. It's very interesting. Got my brain churning. All right, let's hop on that Romans road. See how well I remembered those scriptures from yesterday. I'm not gonna try to go off memory and read from my paper. Romans three twenty-three says, for all have sinned and fallen short, or all have missed the mark, veered off the path, and come up short of the glory of God, or God's perfect standard. And Romans six twenty three, six twenty-three says, For the wages of the cost of that sin or missing the mark, veering off the path, is death, or eternal death is just eternal separation from God forever and ever, ever, forever, ever, forever and ever. But the free gift of God is eternal life or to be have a restored relationship with him. So you get to spend the rest of your life with God, but only through Jesus Christ, our Lord, only through Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated his love toward us. He showed his love. He's from the Shawnee State, Missouri, not Kansas. Missouri, <laughs> because he showed it. He showed it. He didn't just say what he was going to do. He showed it. He showed his love toward us. And then while we were yet sinners, while we didn't want to have anything to do, and then we were tripping, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10, verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth, that's a big if. We got to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So that's two things you have to do. You have to confess with your mouth out loud and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. And now, so, I just had this crazy thought, like, what if you're a mutant and you can't talk? It's like God knows your heart. Like, you really did. I know it's like a joke that a lot of people say or, you know, people say it all the time but god knows if you're sincere if you mean it mean it in your heart and i know he has grace for those folks that can't speak um anyway so if you do those two things you confess through their mouth and believe in your heart that god has raised uh, jesus from the dead that jesus is lord and that god raised him from the dead you will be saved for the hearts who we believe are now in right standing with God and with our mouths, we confess that we have now been saved. Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever or anybody or everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So you can simply say a prayer like this. If you never asked Jesus in your heart, you can say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm, my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all, I'm going to record, do one more recording, and then probably start preparing for bed. So, God bless y'all, and I will, yeah, I'll be right back.